Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. It's a penny for your thoughts. Good to have you with us as we start another day here. Man, is it cold out there. It's the coldest day in a while, I think. The wind chill was down around 8. Got into work this morning, and it's slowly climbing. Headed for a high of 35 today. We're sunny in 26 right now. Wind chill in the low to mid-teens here as we start the show today. Hope you're having a great day on this Wednesday, last day of November, November 30. Tomorrow we get to December, so we're a month out from the end of the year. And uh, 2022 has just flown by. I don't know about you. People always said uh, the further in life you uh, get, the uh, faster the years seem to go. And I think that's right. <laughs> I've discovered that. Because as a kid growing up, it's like, man, it takes forever to get through a year. But, man, it goes fast. So here we are, uh, November 30. Good to have you with us today. On a penny for your thoughts. We'll do an open line here throughout the show, although Jim Dye will be my guest, as he is a couple of times a month. We rotate him through, and this is his day today, so we'll have him in the 10 o'clock hour. Tomorrow, Justice Robert Steigman for both hours, and Friday we'll be in College Park, Maryland. We'll do the show from there. What we have on that show, I don't know yet. Um, could be open line, could be a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but uh, still working on that. Next Tuesday, we'll do the show from New York City. Uh, as we travel with Illinois basketball here over the next few days, headed to Maryland tomorrow afternoon, and we'll do the show Friday there from College Park. Glad you're with us. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Uh, what's happening out there? Well, still uh, rail strike concerns. Got a story from 1991. You know, there was another uh, railroad strike that started, railway strike that started in 1991. I had forgotten about that. So go back uh, a little bit there and got a couple of uh, angles on that maybe you hadn't thought of here with the current one because uh, things tend to repeat themselves. Uh, we always think the current events are the only th time it's ever happened, and you forget. <laughs> and things have happened before, so... We'll, uh, we'll get into that. State Department providing more help for Ukraine. Winter is settling in. Russia continues attacking. They're attacking a lot of the uh, heating and basically going to send a lot of folks into uh, a winter of despair over there in Ukraine, the way they're attacking right now, the infrastructure of Ukraine. So the State Department says we need to get them some more help. 
Uh, William and Kate visiting the U.S. I guess they're going to be in Boston at some point in various places. The Rockefeller Christmas tree lighting tonight in New York City. National Christmas tree lighting in D.C. Heard on CBS the 40th anniversary of Thriller. Michael Jackson's album, still the um, highest-selling album of all time, dropped uh, 40 years ago today. U.S. beats Iran 1-0 in uh, soccer. Netherlands up next in the knockout round over in Qatar with the uh, World Cup. Chase Brown, Devin Weatherspoon, Johnny Newton, several guys honored by the uh, Big Ten and or national honors in this case. Chase Brown, one of the three finalists for the Doak Walker Award, which is the nation's top running back. And a Jim Thorpe uh, finalist in Devin Witherspoon, a defensive back of the year in the Big Ten. All kinds of honors when you have a successful year like Illinois had. Eight and four, you get a lot of honors. And that is the case, certainly. You can read about all of that in the News Gazette from our sports team there. Speaking of sports, Illini basketball a win last night. Took them a while to uh, figure out the zone, I guess, of Syracuse, or at least shoot better against it. Kind of a sluggish start. Uh, neither team was great offensively. Illini break it open in the second half. We'll relive some of that here in a little bit as we go in this first hour. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Those are the ways to join us here today. One of our sponsors is MX Electric. They can help with outdoor lighting. If you are thinking about some lights outdoors, don't be Clark Griswold. You know, don't plug everything into the same outlet. Uh, do it professionally. Do it correctly. And uh, do it safely is the most important part. Uh, all kinds of lighting that MX Electric does. Kitchen lighting, bathroom, recessed lights, ceiling lights, fluorescent lighting, track lighting, outdoor lighting. Which is the best for you? Leave the job to a professional. A lot of electric cars starting to pop up out there. What about car chargers in Champaign? MX Electric, a qualified electric contractor for Urbana and Champaign and area homes and businesses. So they can uh, help with that. They're electricians. They can do big projects like that. They can do small projects, whatever you need done. He did a little work for my, for my dad a couple of times here along the way with an old light pole near the barn. I mean, it can be that simple. And maybe it was more complicated than that. But anyway, MX Electric can help in a variety of ways. Give them a call. Our man Max, who uh, we'll be talking to him again here soon about the Santa run, the Christmas run uh, over in St. Joe. But 217-359-7293. If you'd like to learn more about the run, go to his website, MX Electric. Just Google it, and you'll find out about it. 912 at DWS. We'll get started. With uh, your input today on a penny for your thoughts, what's out there? What are you thinking about today? Celebrating an Illini win from last night. Illini women play tonight, by the way. Actually, later today, uh, late afternoon in Pittsburgh in their Big Ten ACC Challenge. So a lot to come here on a penny for your thoughts. Back to get it started. Jim Dye in the second hour next. Hey, Illini family. It's Illini women's basketball coach Shauna Green. Don't miss a minute of Illini basketball this season on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM DWS. Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? Ringing through the sky, shepherd boy. Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? A song. Nine 
15 on a penny for your thoughts. Sunny and cold as we head for December tomorrow. Great to have you with us. You can join us a variety of ways today. Illinois basketball last night with a win over Syracuse, 73-44. Not great shooting, uh, you know, per se. I mean, uh, you look at the numbers uh, for Illinois. Uh, from three-point land, they were 11 of 39. The record for three-point attempts was 40 in the national championship game back in 05 against Carolina. But they made 11 of 39 threes. Terrence Shannon hit five, including these two early in the ballgame last night for Illinois. Rogers left corner. Out top. Shannon lets it fly, and he buried it. Terrence Shannon with a three. Hawkins out top. Shannon, three more. Got another one. Terrence Shannon with two threes. Halftime score was fairly close. It was 30-23. to 23. The Illini with a seven-point lead. And then as the uh, second half got going, R.J. Melendez, who had two early fouls, uh, had to sit out for a good chunk of the first half, started heating up in the second half. Hawkins cut off in the corner. Melendez, three ball, buried it. R.J. Melendez with a three. And the Illini lead is 53-37. Fast break. Syracuse able to break the press. Gets him a little discombobulated, though. Justin Taylor to Mintz. Lob down low. With it is Edwards in the paint. Strip. Oh, Clark just took it away. Fast break. Melendez. Layup. Got it. And one. And as the game was winding down, uh, Coleman Hawkins, uh, who was already in double figures in points and assists, he got that late in the game. He needed one more rebound for the school's fifth triple-double in history. Io had a couple recently. Uh, the late Mark Smith had one. Uh, Sergio McLean several years ago. But here was the fifth all-time triple-double at the end of the game last night for Coleman Hawkins. Lob, Hawkins, inside, Meyer, put it up and in, and the and one. And that's assist number 10. They get it inside to Benny Williams, shot up and missed it, rebound. Coleman Hawkins, he's got a triple-double. And I think he knows. He knew it. <laughs> and now we're going to get some subs and listen to the roar for Coleman Hawkins and the and after the game, we talked to Coach. Final score was 73-44. When the game broke open, how it happened, here's Coach Underwood. Yeah, and I thought we did a much better job of cleaning up the defensive glass. Yeah. We forced a couple turnovers in transition. We got out. We got a couple runouts. Uh, we made a couple of threes. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, an 8, 10, 12, 13-point game all of a sudden becomes 20, 22 really quick. And, and uh, you know, then it was – uh, you know, about winning every possession after that. It was getting trying to get a stop and making things hard. And uh, I thought once we got into the half court, we made it hard. I thought Gerard and and um, uh, Joe and, and, and uh, their, their perimeter guys had, yeah, had a hard time. The yeah. men's had yeah, a hard Mance, time. We, yeah. let, we let Taylor go a couple times for a couple, couple threes. But for the most part, I thought we did a solid job on them. And uh, Brad Underwood, career win number 100 at Illinois. 100 wins. And you think about uh, what in his second year, I think we lost 21 games uh, in that year. So you think about how far we've come here in the last uh, three years under Brad Underwood. So career win number 100 for him. He's got a lot more career overall with wins at uh, Stephen F. Austin and Oklahoma State. But uh, at Illinois, now 100 wins for coach. Next up, Maryland. They won their game pretty handily at Louisville, who's now, oh, I think, 0-6 
is the Louisville team. And uh, Maryland, the opponent, they're ranked. So is Illinois. Should be a good one Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock our game day coverage on Friday night from College Park. And as we said, we'll do Penny for your thoughts Friday morning from out in Maryland. 919 at DWS, talking about this potential railway strike. I went back, I looked it up. 1991, April 18th, 1991, Congress approved a joint resolution late Wednesday to halt the National Railroad strike less than 24 hours after it began. President Bush, that would be George H.W., signed the legislation early this morning. After day and night negotiations involving lawmakers and administration officials, the House of Representatives moved with unusual speed to draft and then pass the measure by a 400 to 5 vote. Minutes later, shortly after 11 p.m., again, this is 1991, the Senate approved the resolution without a roll call vote. Mr. Bush signed the bill at 1.39 a.m. after being awakened in the residential quarters of the White House. According to a spokesman, Samuel Skinner, the Transportation Secretary, said Mr. Bush had asked that he be awakened to sign the measure, which immediately would send the strikers back to work. Mr. Skinner called the measure a resolution everyone can live with. The unions have said they would abide by the legislation. The walkout early Wednesday, again, this was 1991, April, against freight railroads throughout the U.S. stopped moving of much of the nation's coal, grain, automobile parts, and many other goods. Except for a few small regional railroads, all freight traffic stopped moving soon after 7 a.m. as a result of the first nationwide rail strike since a four-day walkout in 1982. And back then, the nation's railroads carried 37% of all freight. Trucks carried 25%. And the legislation created a board that would have 65 days to resolve issues remaining in the dispute. If the strike was not settled in that time, the recommendations of a presidential emergency board that issued a report in January would take effect. So anyway, that was from April of 1991. And if you go back, there was a four-day strike in 1982. And we'll see what happens with this one. Anyway, just kind of interesting. Go back and, and read about things that happened years ago that you forget. Things do come around, it seems, from time to time. So we'll see what Congress does, and they're working on it as we speak. 9.22 at DWS, a timeout. Back with more. Penny, for your thoughts here on this last day of November. Back in a moment. Illini family, this is Illinois women's basketball coach Shauna Green. The Illini play tonight, right here on DWS. On a penny for your thoughts, good to have you with us here after uh, last night's game. Last night's game started at 6.30 as opposed to 8. It's going to be a late night on... Friday night. That game starts at 9 o'clock Eastern. The Michigan-Virginia game, I got home a little after 10 last night, and they still had seven minutes to go or so in the game. And that was 10 o'clock Central. So they were still in the Chrysler Center there after 11 and close to midnight for that game. So they started pretty late. All right, let's go to the phone and see what people are thinking here. Hi, Bill. Good morning. Uh, good morning. I have a question about the rules of uh, Hawkins standing in the paint. It used to be that if you were in there over three seconds, they would call a three-second rule. He was in there for many, many, many seconds, many times, and was never called for it. 
is that rule changed or was it just ignored last night? Well, it's uh, it's still in effect. I mean, you're not, you know, even in practice, I see them, they yell at them, say, hey, get out of there, hurry up, get out. So, I mean, I know they, <laughs> maybe they didn't follow it that close last night, but um, it's still a rule. Okay, but. well, I was just curious because uh, I'm I'm excited for him to get a triple-triple, but if they'd have called that rule every time, I don't think he'd have got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. I don't know, it's, I, I never can tell. I mean, I'm watching it, but, you know, I, I don't know if you know if you got one foot out if you just keep moving through as long as you just don't go in there and plant I guess I mean that's yeah well he always had at least one foot in mm-hmm. um, he would move from side to side and um, he'd stay in the middle quite long and then uh, as he would go from left to right he'd still have the inside foot in inside the paint yeah you don't that's why I was curious if yeah. they changed the rule on us or no. not it's still there you just don't see it called a lot um, I don't know. The way offenses are now anymore, you don't have a big man just parked inside. I mean, we did last year with Kofi, but that's kind of rare now. Uh-huh. So. Right. Well, okay. thank you very much. Hey. And keep up the good work. Appreciate it. And um, uh, go Illini, right? right? Thank you, Bill. Yes, sir. Appreciate Bye. it. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, go Illini. Very good. 217-356-9397. I'm looking again. I, I Googled uh, Railway Strike 1982. President Reagan signed legislation yesterday to end a costly four-day-old rail strike after the House rushed its approval of the measure on an overwhelming 383-17 to vote. There are many elected officials in Washington. I'm one of them who prefer to keep the government out of the collective bargaining process, Reagan said in a statement. But we're also committed to protecting the vital national interest. This is from 82. The strike then would have cost the U.S. economy about a billion dollars a day if it continued. The order began the return of trains to service by forcing a no-strike settlement on the 26,000 striking members of the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers. Hmm. And some of the things they, uh, they say now, they said back then, the joint resolution requested by the administration the mediation efforts reached an impasse after an imposed 60-day cooling-off period. Orders the union to agree to a settlement recommended by a presidential emergency panel. House leaders echoed those in the Senate, expressing distaste for intervening in the collective bargaining process, but said the nation cannot afford otherwise. All right, that was from the railway strike of 1982. What goes around comes around, right? 928. It's just interesting all the reaction and the comments people make. And there's kind of an echo there. Uh, Good morning, Brian. Last night's game drove me crazy. Does anyone take the ball to the basket anymore? I'm not sure how many times Hawkins and Danger got the ball 10 feet from the basket and never even looked at the basket and passed it out for a three-pointer. I'm not sure if I've ever seen a Syracuse team look that bad. Well, they certainly are struggling, and they don't have the same caliber right now they've got young players that are pretty talented but I don't think they're anywhere near the Syracuse teams that routinely went to the final four or competed very well in the NCAA tournament but the first time you uh, you face a zone like that and it's just 40 minutes of it every time you come down there it is and you got to figure it out and they were working on it they worked on it yesterday they worked on it for you know occasionally for several weeks I think from what I understand and then uh, recently, of course, really honed in on it for Syracuse. And they were yesterday, they were doing the 
with the zone, they added these extenders by several inches to replicate the length of the Syracuse defenders, especially on the back end. So if you tried to throw a pass inside or bounce pass around somebody, they had those long extenders that extended their reach out several inches or a couple of feet. And uh, that was good practice, I thought, for it. But yeah, you got to decide. You got to either turn and look at the rim and make a shot, or you got to get uh, get it out to an open spot. And that uh, zone defense kind of limits some of your options. And you got to hit shots. And early on, they didn't. But the defense was so good, and the press was bothering Syracuse, and they had a seven point lead at half. And then their defense just kind of eventually just took Syracuse completely out of what they were doing. And they started getting some transition baskets. One of the things they talked about was, hey, don't let them get the zone set up. Just beat them down the floor. And they got some fast break points and turnovers, and uh, and the game kind of got blown out in the second half. But uh, we'll see where Syracuse goes. They're 3-4. and four. Illinois now 6-1 and one ahead of the game with Maryland, who is undefeated after last night. But uh, I think Wake Forest uh, and Wisconsin, they were playing last night. There's some more games tonight. Lanai women play later today in uh, Pittsburgh. I think that game's at 4 o'clock. We'll have it on the radio here on DWS. Got a question in for Jim Dye. If you have some for him, go ahead and send those in. We'll have Jim join us in the second hour, get his thoughts on the ball game from last night. want to remind you the uh, Nutcracker is coming up. You've got a chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Nutcracker at the Cranard Center for the Performing Arts on Sunday, December 4th is when these tickets are. And you can go to the uh, News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS uh, website page, WDWS.com, to register to win. And follow the link to the contest page at WDWS.com to get registered. And good luck. 931. Uh, text says, seems like Illinois Democrats figured out their voters in the last election by reducing policy matters to a few letters, D and JB, regardless of candidate qualifications. It's Sesame Street reality, this listener says. I guess he means like the show today is brought to you by the letter D or the letter R or the letter F or whatever, right? Right. 931 News Talk 1400. We'll talk to Jim Dye about some of the uh, things going on, what's happening in Springfield. I know there's been some talk on the amendments that Scott Bennett had put forward and the safety bill. Uh, I don't know how long. I think they're coming up on a deadline here to get some of that done, so we'll see if there's a some movement on that. Talked quite a bit about the Safety Act leading up to the election. Haven't heard a lot since. But they have been working uh, on it a little bit here, a lot, I guess. Had several Zoom meetings uh, a couple of days ago, and we'll see if anything comes out of it. We'll talk to Jim about that and his Cardinals and his Illini and all the different things he's been writing about as well. Some candidates filing for mayor and for city council in uh, the cities here locally in uh, Champaign. We'll talk to him about that. 9.32, uh, CBS News this hour, brought to you by our friends at First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since 1865. Visit firstmid.com to find out more. Here is CBS.
9.36 as we uh, come along here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Jim Dye will join me in the second hour. A couple other texts that have uh, come in here. A uh, text says, I totally agree with not going to the basket. As far as I didn't feel like the Illini did that enough last night. Also, I'm sure the caller knows on defense you can stand in the lane as long as you want. Sure, defense, you can do whatever you want as far as that goes. And, hey, Brian, the general public should have little sympathy for railroad union employees in this new contract with a 25 to 30% pay raise and other benefit increases embedded in it, is what a listener says. I think the big issue has been over sick time, right? And also the uh, railways were considered essential and uh, worked through the pandemic. So I think some of the employees there are saying, hey, we did our part when the nation was shutting down. We kept things going, and we want uh, the right amount of sick time. There's a lot of complications in it. It's not as simple as that, but certainly can be. Uh, 937 at DWS on a a penny for your thoughts. Let's see uh, what else is happening out there. We'll have Jim Dye join us here in the uh, second hour. As far as editorials today that are in the um, Real Clear Politics, I go there, read some of the uh, editorials that are up. Elon Musk picking a fight he can't win against Apple. China's COVID protests, a youthful cry for openness in that country. There have been some protests there. What really happened on Election Day 2022? White House offers mere mush on China's protests. And China's odious lockdowns mock paranoia. Senate passes same-sex marriage bill, sending it back to the House. Congress again poised to pass a resolution to avoid a rail strike. Warnock and Walker court Kemp voters in final week of Georgia runoff. Yeah, we're getting close to that, too, to determine that last seat in the uh, Senate for sure. Let's go back to the phones to Art. How you doing, Art? Just fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, happy Illinois won yesterday. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but anyway, I thought I guess I heard your caller made uh, made mention. Don't feel any sympathy for railroaders, and I just wanted to give you a little insight as to it's not the money on this, and the, the callers probably don't realize that. I would venture to say seventy-five to eighty percent of the railroad workers don't have a regular schedule. They don't know when they're going to work. You know, the maintenance away. They have they don't have an hours of service. There's just all kinds of different things. Coupled with the fact, and I'll, I'll just say for the, the people that just work Monday through Friday and don't don't uh, have any really grasp on this, if you get you get sick on a Friday, you could be disciplined on the railroad or on a Monday if you had a Saturday and Sunday off. Which, by the way, there are the minority is five day jobs, the predominantly six and even seven day jobs. Where you might go to work in the, in the daylight, you might go to work after night. And so let's just say you get sick. Well, how would you like it? Or I have known people that have been in the hospital that call in, so I'm in the hospital, and then they get a notice for a formal investigation subject to discipline. So it's not the money. It's just uh, common sense is not a common virtue on, on the railroad in the managerial aspect. So hmm. I just want to give somebody a little, a little insight to what, what actually 
the premise of, of the, the dispute is. Yeah, so you're not surprised by some of the rejection of the the agreements they've had for that reason? Uh, not on that. Yeah. I mean, and I'll just go back in history. I mean, it, it, because of their regularity of hours and schedules, you could call in and you, you could what you call mark off, and you could mark off for whatever you had. It might be a uh, say like a, you might have a child's game or something, something a commitment uh, that that you wanted to do, and it was no problem. And then because they're uh, always looking at at uh, the operating ratio, the efficiency, they keep keep constricting things all the time to get uh, uh, under the broad term asset utilization. But that's what they're trying to do: get the most bang for the buck out of the employees. And it's just. Uh, it just keeps getting squeezed and squeezed, and, and the the fact of the matter is they don't have enough employees. And uh, different contracts that provide for, uh, let's say, minimum staffing and all that is is uh, uh, they just try to circumvent it in every every way. But uh, you know, just imagine you know people call in and say don't feel sympathy because it's twenty four percent raise. You know uh, that. That that isn't the point. It, it's just a matter of uh, you can't plan for the kid's birthday. You can't plan for that wedding. You can't go to a funeral. There's different things. There's mm. different things that come up in life that you would think would go without saying, and, and the contracts allow them to go ahead and staff the train, but they've squeezed things so much that that uh, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, like you say, you have, have somebody that, you're in the hospital, you call in in good faith and say, hey, I'm in the hospital, what's your reason? And I know personally of people that have gotten a formal notice for an investigation when they're in the hospital. Hmm. This is the kind of things you're contending with. That stacks up the National Mediation Board with with all kind of, of cases, and it's just, uh, that's that's what the what this is. And, and, and think about it, common sense. If you've got you, you're sick. Do you really want to expose your coworkers and everything to the same thing you got, which ends up you pass it on to everybody? Uh, it's just, <laughs> I, I don't mm. know. It, it, it's not, not the money. It, it's just, it's kind of interjecting a little common sense that should be there. And somebody that's working Monday through Friday, I, I've got no, it, it just makes my blood boil because they have no conception of what it's mm. like. Uh, and I just wanted to interject that and uh, give you a little insight. Well, I'm glad you did. I so I take it you worked in the railways for for years. I would assume. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm retired now, mm-hmm. but I, I know how it is. I, I'm in contact with enough people that uh, I, I hear the regular horror stories on that, and it just add to it. It's like the hours of service is 12 hours. It, that should be a mandate. You get in 12 hours. Well, imagine you went to work at, uh, let's say, 4 o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> and you say, well, I'll be done at 4. Not so. They may it may not get you in. You may be 16, 17, 18 hours. I know of crews that have been on trains for 20 hours before they got home. Now, translate that to your jo- people working out here in the normal job. They have no comprehension of that. Mm. And it, it's just, uh, if, the, if there was more fixed starting times, if there was some more regularity, uh, it would be one thing. But it's easier to not schedule things and be uh, have the regular service, and that's why you have the preponderance of trains working on a regular schedule, because uh, they just it's easier not to have to think about those things. Hmm. But, oh, that's that's anyway, that's that's great insight. Yeah, no. Um, somebody had a question about how much does a railroad worker make? I'm I'm assuming it's all over the map. I guess it probably depends on what you do, right? 
Yes, it is. It's in relation, let's just say, the clerical aspect, uh, which there again, they have been decimated by virtue of a a computer and all that. that They don't make the kind of money. If you're making, I would say, the normal railroad, and I'm talking about transportation, you're going to make in excess of $100,000. That sounds that sounds extreme, but you also got to remember you're working six. Some play, I mean, I've worked many seven days a week hmm. myself, and and uh, it, it, you know, long hours. I would say the average work week, even when you get your rest cycle and other things, it's probably an average work week for a normal railroader in transportation or even maintenance ways in excess of 60, 60 hours. 70 wouldn't be uncommon. Uh, it's just, just a lot. And, uh, and, and in retrospect, when I look back, a lot of the arguments that ensued from the railroad, uh, from a labor standpoint, always stem from people just being fatigued. And it's just not something to be addressed. It's a shame it comes down to a strike to address that. But uh, hmm. uh, that that's what's going on. And where some of the labor unions have, have agreed to accept the contract, conversations I had with them with different people I said you know it's bringing light bringing this to the the, the spotlight I said I don't look for I look for Congress to go ahead and just go ahead and rubber stamp it because there's they don't have anything on the line now the midterms are open and are are over and uh, I I just think they're going to go ahead and rubber stamp it Hmm. but anyway I just wanted to offer a little insight on that uh uh, the working conditions. Uh, I heard the railroad many years say we need to get out of the coal, uh, uh, steam engine days and the, and the, and the coal days. Well, I got news for you. They're still they're enjoying the uh, working conditions as if it was back in the coal era, hmm. back in the steam engines. And wow. it, it, it's it's something that needs to come up the 21st century. And, and like I say, there needs. Common sense needs to come into play there, and it can go both ways. But predominantly on this, I mean, it's hard for you to fathom, one to fathom. If mm-hmm. you're sick, I'm talking legitimately sick, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, they want you to come to work. You come in. I've seen people coming in, you know, I've had, I've, I've worked with people throwing up outside the ca- outside the window of the engine, you know. Why? Because they were forced to come to work. Is that something you really want? And how to, how does that go ahead? And uh, then you end up being sick. And since I've retired, I can tell you right now, <laughs> I get sick a lot less. Yeah, <laughs> I never I bet. realized it for, wow. for about a year or so <clears throat> afterwards. All of a sudden, you didn't get that uh, that bug yeah. that you used to get because you could expose the people that were forced to come to work. But anyway, I just hmm. I should. No, that's good. No, that's great. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Somebody that understands, you know, that worked on it. Uh, somebody, somebody, I think agrees with you. Said nobody on a train gets two days off in a week. It's one day, supposed to be guaranteed, but it's not. Uh, yeah. if, if if you're out on a run, you don't get off until you get back. No way you can mark off for a kid's anything. Never happens. No. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. So say you, let's just say you had a Wednesday off. You say you schedule that that doctor's appointment for a Wednesday. Well, you get down to the other end and you can't get back. You may not get back till Thursday. Now, how do you go ahead and and make that? that doctor's appointment. I mean, it's, that's the kind of things they run into. And it, it, it's all stems from irregularity and no consistency. And uh, it, it comes down to broad term. And a lot of it is just asset utilization and the lack of scheduling. And it, it's, mm. it's a shame that it come to this, but it has come to the, to the spotlight. And uh, it, it's just, 
it's something that should shouldn't there ought to be some people some come in there and say hey look guys let's take a look let's look look, look at the common sense here and let's mm. fix some of this stuff and uh, instead the can's been kicked down the road for many years so, mm. anyway i i don't mean to opine so much about oh it, no that's it, fine that's perfect it, it, it just kind of aggravates me when when people that want to want to want to interject have really no they, the only thing they know about trains is playing with their Lionels in the base. They don't realize what, what it's like working. Oh, I know. I, I know what you mean. Hey, thank you, got, Art. You're welcome. You have a good day. You go too. Illini. Yes, sir. Go Illini. I appreciate that. There you go. Art worked for many years in the railways. He's got a great insight on it, so I appreciate that. Quentin's up next. Hey, Quentin. Hey, Brian. How you doing? Good. I-L-L, I-N-I. Yes, sir. I just wanted to call and thank uh, you guys for first allowing me to uh, introduce the uh, Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, it was a good turnout. We fed over 100 people. Uh, we had one lady that actually heard uh, the spot on the radio show that showed up to volunteer. So, again, uh, kudos out to uh, News Talk 1400. Well, we're happy to help, and uh, I saw your, uh, your picture there in the paper, too. So that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was a surprise too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good, and that's—I mean—that's—that's uh, that's where life, uh, you know, the rubber meets the road when you're dealing with life like that. Helping those folks—I mean, that's—that's—that's uh, hey, that's, that's an awesome work you're doing. So, alrighty. Well, well I'm, I'm glad we were able to help, Quentin, and and keep up the good work. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a blessed day. You too. Thank you very much. Quentin, then they had the uh, the up in Rantoul, I think it was. They had the uh, meals they were handing out, Thanksgiving meals, and served over a hundred uh, people, a hundred families, and that's just awesome. So I'm glad we could help. Try to help wherever we can. Nine fifty. Back in a moment. Penny for your thoughts. Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. You've got the home of Illinois football. News Talk fourteen hundred and ninety three nine FM. We're up north. We're not that far north, but it's cold today. 9.53 as we join you here on A Penny for Your Thoughts or continue to visit. Uh, glad to be with you and have you along. Thank you for inviting me in. That's the biggest thing. Uh, radio is a great medium, I found, in these uh, 35 years I've been doing it. Uh, that connection there between the radio and where you are, and uh, I never take that for granted. So I'm glad you're there. And uh, thanks to Quentin for letting us know how, how it went with the uh, meals. Uh, question here says, I heard the jet carrying the Syracuse team back home fly over my house at 10.15 last night per the FlightAware app. The game ended a little after 8.30. That seems like a quick turnaround. Is that normal for a team with wheels up that fast? Uh, yes, it is. Especially with this airport here at Willard and Flightstar. We're so close to the uh, State Farm Center. You can get Teams can get out of here pretty fast and in most places we travel to that's that's pretty normal uh, especially for a basketball team it takes longer for a football team just because there's more people uh, there's one or two buses for basketball there's four or five for football uh, that have to go through security and you know even though you're on a charter which uh, 
I know why they do it. I understand it, but I'm just like, okay, I, I don't think there's anybody on this flight we're going to have to worry about. But I know they do it, and they want to be safe, and I that's that's fine. But I, that that is that one has always puzzled me. But anyway, the um, flight last night, yeah, quick turnaround. Usually they'll leave if the game ended at eight thirty. Uh, usually they're ready to get uh, on the bus and leave within an hour. That's usually the norm. Try to be out of the arena an hour later after the game ends, so that'd be 9.30. And then by the time you get to the airport, which is just a few miles away as we know, and then you go through security real quick, and you're in the air, you're gone. So, yeah, no, that's that's very normal. And the caller supporting the railroad employees is absolutely right. That said, unions that live by the contract, that to the letter of the contract, must be prepared to die by the contract. And now that railroads have cut costs to the bone or holding crews to the letter of the contract, you can't blame the crews for the ineptitude of the union leaders and the railroad management. The caller is absolutely correct. It is way past time for some common sense. All right, appreciate that uh, text. On the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Always welcome to send those in. Jim Dye joins me in the second hour. By the way, uh, Syracuse, I was leaving last night, and this is also common, is last night they had Chick-fil-A boxes ready for their guys to take to the bus to eat or eat on the plane. And uh, we've got, uh, I think I put my meal order in for our trip after the game at uh, Maryland, which is going to be a late night. All right, 9.56, another break. Back with more here in just a moment on A Penny for Your Thoughts. First hour about to wrap up. Everyone falls down sometimes, but you just got to know it'll all be fine. It's okay. We're on Penny for Your Thoughts, 9.58, as we wrap up this first hour. Jim Dye will join me in hour number two. Roofs by Roger, if you had any hail damage from that recent storm, maybe you uh, haven't had anybody up there to look to make sure everything is good, you can certainly do that with Roofs by Roger. Of course, the usual winter services they provide available to you with siding and gutters and gutter guards and windows, important. You know, that uh, efficiency of uh, keeping your house warm, it's important. Uh, with good windows, they can help with that too. But two one seven eight three four thirty eight hundred, and if you want to get on the list for next spring for a uh, roof work to be done on your roof, uh, make sure you reach out to uh, Roofs by Roger. Roofsbyroger.com dot com is the website. Give them a call two one seven eight three four thirty eight hundred. Get an estimate. Get a free estimate. Find out what you're looking at, and they've got financing available as well for any roof jobs they do. All right, the news is coming up, and then Jim Dye joins us in hour number two. Get your questions in for him. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, it's 10 o'clock. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217 217- Three five six nine three nine seven, or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357 or send an email to talk at wdws.com Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. 
Now, see, what is that? Now, see, this is Adam Austin. You asked for an open. I asked for a special opening from Adam, and and I I suggested Elvis's intro. Yeah, and And uh, he delivered. He delivered. He's a heck of a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You know, I thought, why should Donald Trump be allowed to be the only narcissist that we all (laughs) talk about? (laughs) Well, you got your open. I did. Yeah, Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Well, (laughs) good to have you here. And at the end of the show... Uh, you can announce that Jim has now left the studio. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jim Dye has left the studio. Yeah. Did you Not have good... soon enough for some people, but, you know. <laughs> now, you left the state for Thanksgiving, right? I did, yeah, yeah. I was in North Carolina last week, and I actually uh, attended a football game last Friday, North Carolina versus North Carolina State, one of the best football games I've ever seen in my life. Carolina State won in double overtime on a block punt, and it was a sensational game. That was in Chapel Hill? It was in Chapel Hill. It's a beautiful stadium, isn't it? It, it is. It's a terrific stadium. There is not a bad seat in that house, and I had a really great seat. I was really lucky. And, uh, of course, you know, Car- uh, Carolina State is uh, – it's all part of the one big metropolitan area with Carolina Carolina State, North Carolina, and Duke all right there. So there were a zillion uh, Carolina State fans in addition to most of the stadium being filled by uh, – much of the stadium being filled by uh, Carolina fans. So the bands mm-hmm. are going back and forth. It was just a really terrific uh, mm-hmm. uh, football atmosphere and game. Yeah, it's a beautiful setting. Yes. Kind of set back in the pine oh, trees. The weather there was and, really and, nice. Yeah, and, it's, and, uh, <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah, I had no complaints there. All right. Well, Jim Dye is with us here for the uh, for the hour, and uh, just kind of talk about what he's uh, seeing and what you're writing about. And uh, I saw the um, legislature. Are they going to do anything with the Safety Act, or do we know? Well, there there is uh, considerable speculation, and a bill has been introduced that would make uh, some positive changes. Um, to the legislation with respect to the rules on who gets out of jail free and and who might have to remain in but we'll have to see because i understand there's some there's a there's a significant uh, segment of the legislature that is absolutely opposed to change any changes and we'll see uh, and of course the the democrats it's just a democratic show they've excluded the republicans from it uh so we'll have to see if they can get together but i would think that enough democrats combined with the, the few Republicans that are there might be able to uh, pass some changes that will make people feel somewhat better about this really controversial bill. And at the national level, Congress working on something with the railways, which uh, yeah. is a looming problem. I, I think they're, what they're talking about is legislation, and I'm, I was not familiar with this, in which uh, Congress would basically approve a labor agreement and tell uh, the unions to take it. And I saw Rodney Davis saying that was a really bad approach to take. And I, as much as I hate the idea of a strike, I'm not sure I like the idea of uh, Congress imposing labor settlements on ma- both management and labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems to me that they can generally work out their differences uh, at the bargaining table. But there's a cost to a strike, and I guess Congress is going to say we don't want to pay that cost. We had uh, someone who's worked in the railway industry for a long time talk about some of the issues that the workers are concerned about mm-hmm. when it comes to time off and you know getting time off and sick time and sure you know scheduling is difficult because you're on one end of the railway and then you've got a doctor's appointment you have to get back but you can't and then there's a lot of stuff there that most people that work in the that don't work in the railways don't 
don't know. Sure, so. things that are peculiar to trains, like yeah. I would have no idea. But you know, that's one about the. I guess maybe the answer to that would be more be more careful about scheduling doctor's appointments. Well, <laughs> now, of course, you know sometimes things come sometimes up. Sometimes emergencies come up, yeah, or whatever, they do. or a kid gets sick, or whatever the case may be. So, so I can't imagine that with all the smart people they have on both sides of the table, if they really are trying to work out a situation that can that would satisfy both sides, mm-hmm. they could do so. It was interesting. I went back and read, and I know you appreciate history too. In 1991, there was a railway strike that started, mm-hmm. and uh, George H. W. Bush was awakened in the middle of the night to sign something that Congress had passed to enforce, you know, the end of the strike or forcing them to go back to work. So there is precedent. There for is this. precedent. You go back to 1982. Reagan signed a deal that Congress had passed to uh, get railway workers back to work and so it's just interesting it, it well you know if you know if both sides know that uh, somebody's going to step in and just impose a settlement on them uh, i guess that may, might encourage them just to stand fast so they could go back to their sides and say see uh, we we fought for you to the very end but then the government stepped in and, and mm. made us take this deal so you, you know if, if that safety valve is there it's probably going to be used mm. All right, we'll continue to talk about these and other issues. Eric is with us this morning. How you doing, Eric? Good morning, uh, Good morning. both of you. Um, Jim, this one's for you. Uh, I saw some letters to the editor regarding this uh, Sundiata Chua, or however you say his name, uh-huh. um, and, and his column's been pulled. That, what's the deal there? Can you help me out here? Well, I, was on the, I am on the outside looking in on that... Uh, issue i was not aware of it until actually i saw one of the letters that came into the editor and i asked jeff d'alessio about it there's some i think jeff had some problems with uh, uh the columnist whose name i can't pronounce uh it, making a formal endorsement of aaron adams or aaron uh, ammons in the uh, clerk's race which which was out of, which was out of bounds for a columnist to be making endorsements uh, like that. You know, he, that's not why we, he, we brought him on. And I think some of the language, insulting language that he used uh, portraying um, portraying the... Was it Terrence Stuber? Terrence Stuber, Stuber. and uh, maybe some of the language he used on Herschel. Well, basically racial insults uh, were deemed inappropriate. So I don't know. It's it's a pause. Jeff tells me it's a pause, uh, and uh, I don't know what's going to happen. So I, that's that's the deal. Uh, I hope that answers your question. That's as much as I well, know about it. Go ahead. That helps. Uh, personally, I, I find him to be incendiary, uh, racist. Um, I mean, he's like walking around with a lit match in gas stations all the time. That's his whole uh, modus operandus and uh i i won't miss him uh i mean he's 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 a history revisionist he's being funded his whole job is to be you know you know just under you know undo uh, good institutions in this country i i think uh, he's just awful and i i don't i won't miss him yeah. Well, you know, I uh, I don't necessarily he's a professor, right? At the U of yeah, I don't okay. necessarily disagree with you. However, I take a different approach. I I, I like to know that what people are thinking. People like him are thinking because it uh, as much as you you know as I may not agree with uh, some of his assessments, maybe all I don't know. Um, I don't have a problem with him getting a platform because I think it's useful for people. 
in the broader community to know what the to know what one segment of the community is saying, so you can better judge uh, the merits of the arguments they make in all in all of their uh, cases. I I also noticed that that they put uh, Terrence Pitts in there, Leonard uh, Pitts, as a placeholder. Leonard, I'm sorry. Um, uh, why not Thomas Sowell? I mean, there's there's other. Well, Thomas Sowell is retired. He doesn't write a column anymore. Leonard Pitts well, has been that. has been appearing yeah. in the News Gazette for for years. And you're right; he's not all that different from uh, the professor. Uh, that's a voice, um, um, you know, that we that we think is, you know, we don't put those things out there for everybody to to nod their heads in agreement. Uh, we put uh, those things out there for people to be exposed to different points of view, even if they may vigorously disagree. If it's really upsetting, just don't read it. That's well, why, that's I why mean, Brian I, read, never I, reads I, anything I, I read write. It, I read it because, again, you know, you want to know where, where some of this thought's coming from and who's, you know, who's the protagonist and, and you know, and, and pushes it. And so yeah. I... I bite my tongue and read it. And yeah, so it sounds like you're kind of ambivalent about about whether he should come or go because you read it because you want to find out I what he has it to say. It's there, but I'd rather <laughs> it not be there. Is, is what I'm trying. I to understand. Say. I understand. Okay. Many That's people have those reactions. If they see something they don't like, they say, "Well, that shouldn't be." In Thank the you, Eric. Appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Ten nineteen at DWS. Uh, for Jim, here it says, with the announcement in yesterday's paper of the candidates for the upcoming Champaign mayoral election, it seems like more of the same. What's Jim's take on why the race could only attract the incumbent? And this person says a retread, or someone who's done it before, and Don Gerard. So. Uh, yeah, you know, I was really underwhelmed when I saw the, the mayoral. Uh, you know, Don has been, been the mayor, and, uh, you know, was, shall we say his tenure was memorable, but not necessarily uh, impressive. Uh, Azark Cobb is just a guy who puts his name on the ballot and every time, right? Every time. And, yeah. you know, and the voters reject him every time. And I guess he insists that they made mistakes in their judgment and he's going to give them another chance. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was a little surprised that, uh, nobody else stepped forward, but on the other hand, it's not that great a job. So, uh, that's where we're at. And, um, yeah. I think because um, the, the current, person who makes the decisions for the city is the city manager. In that's Champaign. exactly right. You know, I the mean, mayor is really a glorified council member, and the city manager is really the uh, the straw that stirs the drink. You know, she the council makes policy; she carries out the policy. But it's the council collectively. The mayor is one of nine votes. So, in a city manager form of government, the city manager is a bigger deal than the mayor now in urbana they have an executive mayor former government and the mayor is the driving force and the mayor has a chief administrative officer that who helps her but the mayor is is basically the policymaker and has veto power and all the rest of that stuff and of course tom bruno is not running again so there's an at-large seat and there is an at-large greg seat. stock who had represented one district is now i guess running yes as well at yes. large. so kathy shannon who's mm-hmm. a member of the school board um She's running too, and yeah. a couple other. I guess a couple of other the incumbents, Gladney and uh, Will Kyles, mm. I believe. Mm-hmm. All right, two one seven three five six nine three nine seven with Jim Dye here this morning at ten twenty one. Good morning, Scott. Morning, you guys. Good morning. Hey, uh, uh, I wanted to ask Jim uh, if he gets frustrated with uh, all the work he puts into. Uh, 
following up our, on our politicians in this state and bringing out all these facts about how they're running their departments and how corrupt they are and <laughs> bringing out all the, uh, uh, I, I'm sure that it's all the truths and, you know, and then puts it in the paper for everybody to read to see what they're doing, like the mannequin incident and all, and the Priskers and stuff. And you're informing the public on all this stuff about how corrupt they are. And after an election, they put the same people right back in the office. Don't you get tired of doing all that work, trying to inform people how bad this uh, administration is running this state and nobody's listening to you? Because like I said, over the years, I read all, read all your uh, uh, stories about the horror, the way the Democrats are running this state, and they put them all the the public puts them all right back into office. Well, I wrote a I wrote a bunch of stories about uh, how Republicans were running the state when when George Ryan was under investigation. So it's not exclusively uh, Democrats and Republicans. You know, I was thinking I was thinking the same thing uh, over the uh, over the weekend just recently because uh, because I saw some politician who says Illinois has got to end its corruption, and I was right. thinking, you know, that's never going to happen. Uh, Illinois, because of our peculiar political culture, is just steeped in corruption, and it's going to continue to be, whether you're talking about the legislature, the city council in Chicago, or the Cook County Board, or or the mayors in the suburbs, or, or, or what else, it's just, that's just where we're at and uh do pe- people don't really pay much attention uh that you know how many people read and remember stories uh i mean you know there was a lot of publicity prior to the election about problems posed by the safety act and the public yeah. responded with a collective shrug and and uh, yeah. and on we go so it's just a do i get frustrated well not really anymore i mean it's not anything different than it's always been and uh i'm you know i'm not the leading voice of the state by any measure i write for one newspaper and a in a in a state with 102 counties, and and uh, that's just the nature of the beast. Well, you would think intelligent people, knowing the facts. I don't care what party you're in, if you know you're putting criminals back in office for decades and decades, and then you complain about how things are run. What are you trying to? What are you doing? What is? What's the public doing? I don't get it. So, I don't mm. know. Yeah, well, sounds well, like you're frustrated. <laughs> I, I can appreciate well, that, yeah. I, the, pub, the publicly, yeah. collectively, just isn't exercised about it. I mean, it just accepts it and uh, or doesn't pay much attention. billions of dollars. I know. I, know. I, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, no I, I know. Well, you know, up in Cook County... <laughs> <laughs> They're so used to it in Cook County, they laugh about it. Because what else are you going to oh, do? Jesus. You know, they joke about yeah. you know this guy and that guy and whatever. And um, if you can't cry, you just will laugh, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. And it yeah. does provide yeah. a lot of good comic fodder. I mean, some yeah. of the stuff uh, that's reported about how these guys operate actually is pretty entertaining. And I would say that uh, Mike Madigan uh, was driven from office uh, by uh, by a corruption indictment. I think uh, yeah. I think he's in serious jeopardy of spending the rest of his life in prison if if in fact he goes to trial i had one former federal prosecutor tell me recently that it's 
pretty soon it's going to be time for Mike Madigan to say his health is failing and he can't he can't withstand a trial. <laughs> so that's what's going to happen. He'll never see the inside of a courtroom. Hell, He'll I, never see I don't the know. Inside you know of a I, I would never bet against Mike Madigan on anything. Well, I, I still believe he's pulling the strings in the background. So, well, he's still raising political campaign contributions, uh, trying sure. to influence elections. So, sure. <laughs> uh, being a corrupt politician is not a badge of honor. Well, uh, I don't. If you it. haven't been convicted no. yet, I, it's 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 a problem. No, no. All right, well, I read well, enough of your stories where uh, if there's smoke, there's fire. Well, that much smoke yeah. usually means fire. It means yeah, that yeah. the house is burning down. I know. Man, all right. Man. Well, thank you, Scott. How you, all right, but yeah. on the positive hey, side, I appreciate you. Thank you. On the positive side, the Illini finished that game off strong last night. Yes, they did. <laughs> you like that game? It was, it was uh, the first half. I thought was it was kind of a tough first half. Pretty terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the second half was a lot better. I thought that uh, uh, Syracuse did a did a good job hanging around. Mm-hmm. And we only blew them out in the last ten minutes or so. But uh, boy, they were really aggressive. Under the basket on defense, their shot blocking mm-hmm. down low was excellent. Mm-hmm. Yep they uh, they play that zone defense. It takes you a while. To, it's kind of a riddle. They had some good athletes. You don't see it every day. Yeah, and but, of course uh, I was real happy to see Coleman uh, get a triple double. Right. I uh, you know I was surprised that we didn't have any more triple doubles past. Uh, what we what had five in history? Well, this is the fifth. Yeah, Mark Smith uh, Mark got Smith, one. The late Mark Smith, yeah, yep. who was I thought one of my favorite all time Illini. Mm-hmm. I just thought he was terrific. There were people that will tell you he was initially was better than Eddie Johnson. There are people that say that. I you but, know I think there's considerable argument to be made, although yeah. not that much different. But they were yeah. as bookend for, forwards, yeah. bookend forwards. They were you can't find a better pair of forwards than right. those guys. And uh, Ao had two, and uh, was there somebody? Sergio McLean. Oh, Sergio. Now, yeah. that's interesting. So, yeah. You know, Sergio, he could do a lot of things well. <laughs> yes, he could. <laughs> All right, 1028, uh, Bob Osmussen wrote about uh, Jim Beheim being mm-hmm. just courtside, a guy with a 1,000 wins. Yeah. You know, you don't, you're not going to see that probably ever again. Oh, I would coaches think so. Don't, you know, don't last that they long. They don't last that long. He's been there 47 years, was 47 it? years. So he really started young, and I don't see any – you know, he didn't he announce a couple of years ago he's going to retire, and then he said, "Oh well, the heck with that. I don't think I will." <laughs> well, people thought that he would uh, retire after his sons were there, came and went. They played for him last year. His two sons, two of his sons. If he hasn't retired after forty-seven years, they're yeah. going to have to run him out of there <laughs> yeah. with a shotgun. I mean, he just doesn't want to do it. That's right. Uh, Ten twenty-eight at DWS, and let's go to Jim. How you doing, Jim? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, just listening to you guys this morning, and the last caller was asking Jim a question about uh, what are people going to do, you know, when they hear the same stories about corruption in Illinois time and again, and nothing seems to change. I, my only comment to that is that I think a lot of people are just have just resi- just resigned to, to move. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are They're moving from. Illinois to wherever, but they just, they just, I think, feel fr- frustrated and don't think it's ever going to change, and they've had enough. Oh, well, that's why you have an exodus from Illinois, I think. Um, that and other reasons, but um, no, I think people of Illinois are clearly just resigned to, what are you going to do about it? I mean, you replace one guy with another guy, and there's there's no difference, and <laughs> so it's right. uh you know you, i mean the the trials are fun to watch though i enjoy thoroughly enjoy watching the trials 
Uh, 10.30 here at the bottom of the hour. Let's see. Thank goodness Mr. Dye is not going to be disappointed with the public continuing to elect the corrupt politicians. His writings are very beneficial, and this reader graciously appreciates his efforts. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's see. The caller statement, intelligent people knowing the facts made me laugh. There is a whole political party that has ignored the facts regarding election results for years now. Could I comment on that? Yeah, go ahead. Well, you know, that's just a difference of opinion if, we, if you're a Democrat or Republican. Uh, Republicans are on the short end in Illinois, and, of course, they're not going to be happy with the uh, the status quo, which is soundly Democratic. And uh, the times have changed, and areas of Illinois that used to be Republican are now Democrat. And, of course, that includes Champaign County, which has undergone a dramatic conversion, and some of the suburbs um, – and that's just the way it is. It's like if you're if you're a Democrat living in Texas, I mean, you feel persecuted as well uh, because the Republicans are in charge there. It's just a matter of which party is uh, dominant. And this is not a competitive state by any stretch of the imagination. Republicans have no say about anything uh, statewide uh, in all three branches of government. And um, that's just the political culture right now. And so maybe over time, and I'm talking decades, it will change again. Illinois in the early '90s had all all the all the state offices were held by Republicans. So 30 years later, they're all held by Democrats, and mm. that's just part of uh, the shifting mood of the public. Mm-hmm. 10:31. Let me get a break in here. We've got some news headlines. Uh, maybe we'll tack on at the end here, Adam. Back in a moment. It's easy to listen to us anywhere. Download the News Gazette app and click on Listen Live to News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM. We'll soon deliver you Mary, did you know That your baby boy Will give sight to a blind man Mary, did you know That your baby boy Back on a penny for your thoughts As we're less than a month out from Christmas And about a month out from the end of the year Last day of November, visiting with Jim Dye From the News Gazette here 1036 with you until... 11 o'clock. Yeah, we were uh, talking a little bit. The uh, judge race came down to a couple thousand votes. Yeah. Uh, Chad Beckett going to be uh, a new judge and replace Sam Limentado. So that was a close one. Yeah, it was. That was one of the few close races. Uh, I mean, Sam was an outstanding candidate, and Sam was an outstanding judge. But uh, and, he, and he ran an incredibly strong campaign. Uh, but in, just in the end, the, you know, the Democratic dominance of Champaign mm-hmm. uh, County, um, you know, put Sam in the grave and and uh, Chad in the judge's chair. Yeah. And I guess uh, Chad will inherit, I think, the family law, which is what, yeah. uh, from what I understand, from what uh, Sam Limentado had. So. You know, judges tell me that, uh, boy, being a judge is a really great job. But I, to me, I don't, I don't really see the appeal. I mean, you're trapped in that chair all day long, and I know everybody bows and scrapes for you, but... You know, it's, a lot of that stuff is not all that interesting. And, you know, he's going to preside over one divorce after another. Ugh. Yeah. That's a t- it takes a special <laughs> – I know Mike Jones always told me that he, he was an office mate of Arnold Blockman. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he said he just admired Judge Blockman, how he handled those things because he said, you know, Mike Jones, he said, I just deal with money, yeah. you know, awards, civil, whatever, damages. He said he's dealing with people's lives. He and, is. And that's it, really, really that's tough. That's really where the emotions run. Yeah. But – but uh you know, Mike Jones also was an outstanding judge, and one of the things that made him outstanding, and Judge Blockman and Judge Jensen, uh, they're very few. 
are the are, are the temperaments, their ability mm-hmm. to maintain their composure, and not lash out or belittle either litigants or lawyers. And you know, the only restraint on a judge in the courtroom is the restraint the judge puts on himself because he is the king. And if they become abusive, uh, and we've had that in the past here. Uh, it's a real problem, and it's a real flaw in a judge to have bad temperament. I'd rather have a mediocre legal mind and great temperament than a great legal mind and bad temperament. But I think the uh, I think uh, there's an article today on the new uh, county executive. There was a legal case mm-hmm. yeah. that was decided. Who there was has another the Steve Summers, yeah, mm-hmm. who uh, I guess takes over here in a couple of days. So. He's uh, the man. He's tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow. The, yeah. the term begins December 1, so he'll be sworn in, and then he is... He is the major domo mm-hmm. of Champaign County. And so the Supreme Court, though, ruled, right, that the That the, the county, county board, board chairman, chair. not the executive, yeah. has the authority to make appointments to elective offices that are vacant. The county board executive can continue to make <clears throat> can, can continue to make appointments to boards and commissions. Now, the people on the Champaign County uh, who were who were mad at the the executive for filing that lawsuit said, well, this was an open and shut case. Well, in the end, the Supreme Court ruled unanimously the way it did. But let's also bear in mind that the county, there's one other county in Illinois that has the executive post, and I, I have forgotten it. Is it's it not, Will? Was it Will? Okay, I it's Will. It yeah. And in that county, they were allowing the executive to make uh, the appointment, not the county board chairman. So as a result of this case, I think Will County is going to have to change the way it's doing business. Hmm. So, you know, it was not as open and shut as uh, some people on the county board uh, argued. I thought that, of course, this is another thing that's interesting, is that when I read Judge Baum's decision saying the county executive had the uh, authority, not the county board chairman, I, I read it and I thought, well, this is really a, a well-argued, very persuasive opinion. Then I read the appellate court decision and I said to my that was reversing Judge Baum, and I said, well, this is a really a well-argued and persuasive opinion. <laughs> and then I read the Supreme Court's decision affirming uh, the appellate court and it was it took it took a different tack. It didn't go into the kind of really strong analysis that uh, that mm. uh, the appellate court did. But I said, well, this is a well argued and persuasive opinion. So, <laughs> you know, all these you can make a good argument. I mean, good judges and and sharp legal minds can come up with a plausible argument for just about anything. And this is a really technical thing. And you know, who the heck cares? Uh, but uh, it's a it's a fine point of county of, of county mm. uh, governance. Hutchcraft Van Service has been with us here on the air on Penny for Your Thoughts and on the radio for a long time. They're located at 1614 North Lincoln in Urbana. Also have a spot over there in Normal for the folks in that part of our listing area. But uh, they've uh, been a family-owned business, started back in the 1940s. So we're in the 2020s here, so uh, think about that, how long that's been. 1953, the Hutchcraft brothers, Orrin and Gerald, became agents for United Van Lines in the uh, early to mid-50s. They've got 50 uh, trucks and um, um, just all kinds of uh, vehicles to move your equipment. They've got uh, trucks, vans, and trailers, liftgate trucks, trailers for heavy items. They can transport high-value equipment, household goods, relocation, and storage capabilities. The warehouse is just tremendous. It's uh, you'll, you'll be blown away by what you see there. Secure, environmentally controlled warehousing, record storage services, and so forth. But they'll move you around. They simplify moving in Illinois or out of state. They moved us like three times here at the radio station, and that's tricky to do with uh, a station, three stations that are on the air 24-7. So anyway, we recommend them. Give them a call. United uh, Van Lines teaming up with Hutchcraft, one of our sponsors here on Penny. 1042, back with Jim Dye after this. 
Ron, a penny for your thoughts. Taking your thoughts here with Jim Dye up until 11 o'clock. We'll have Justice Steigman on tomorrow. So you can tune in for that. Can you get him to talk a little bit? <laughs> He's pretty shy. Yeah, I know. Uh, Jim Dye should know for the last 40 years, neither the Champaign City Council or the Urbana City Council ever write a single resolution or ordinance nor ever establish budgets. The city manager in Champaign and the executive branch in Urbana do the entire governing in both cities. Whatever local candidates tell you on the campaign trail are just dreaming. Yeah, I, I think I think that's kind of what I said. But um, I should point out there is a difference between the Urbana government, strong mayor, and Champaign government, city manager. <clears throat> right, the work is done by staff and under the oper- under the uh, supervision of the leading administrator. So yes, that's correct. Uh, Particularly so in Champaign, where there, where the mayor is just one of nine. And you have to have a council consensus to make the policy that the administrator carries out in Champaign. In Champaign. Uh, listener says, uh, yeah, it does get upsetting to read it. So I did what Dim D- uh, Jim Dye said to do. I quit reading and dropped my subscription. News Gazette's far too left, listener says. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I, I would just say uh, if, uh, if you care about the news, you should read. And you care about your community, you should probably read the newspaper. Uh, either yeah, either in hand or online or whatever, and yeah. and, uh, and, uh, and know what's going on. I don't think that you know a- ignorance is bliss. You know, I and I never heard anybody brag about being ignorant. I mean, it, it can be blissful, but I don't think it's anything to be proud of. So I would <laughs> urge that fellow to get that subscription, either the News Gazette or the Tribune or whatever, and abandon ye ignorance here. <laughs> Good morning, Brian and Jim. Since Indiana and Wisconsin don't want the state of Chicago annexed to them, we should have a North Illinois and a South Illinois, much like the Dakotas and the Carolinas. Well, you know, that's never going to happen. <laughs> I mean, come on. The, yeah. the, the, for many reasons, uh, and Chicago would be its own state anyhow if it was, uh, but, you know, Illinois is not going to have a Northern Illinois and a Southern Illinois as two separate states. It's just... And those who, and I, I keep hearing these uh, some of these fringe politicians talking about, yeah, we're going to break, oh, we ought to break off from uh, Chicago or Cook County. You know, that just shows how completely detached they are from political and legal reality. That is just a pipe dream. Forget it. It's not going to happen. Mm. And it just becomes a, 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 that becomes a, this argument that we should break into two states, that just becomes a club that the those in power use to insult and demean and challenge the credibility of those not in power or those on the fringe. So they ought to get real. If they're serious about governing, which I sometimes question, the conservative people of Illinois ought to get real about what it takes to govern in a state that is as diverse as Illinois. And that means compromise and cooperation, not vilification and condemnation. They did talk about splitting up California. You know, into two states. Well, you know, West Virginia split off from Virginia <laughs> yeah, that's because right. of the Civil War. But, that's right. <laughs> I mean, how, how, how recent has it been that we've had states divide into two? No, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Uh, 1048 on DWS. And uh, if any politician tells you that's a big thing for him, you can yeah. write that guy off because he's <laughs> clueless. Uh, 1048. Uh, let's go to Brent Musburger here. We'll get an update. Hang on, caller. Back to you here in just a moment. On 
On a penny for your thoughts, here we're visiting with Jim Dye, Justice Robert Steigman tomorrow. We'll do the show on Friday from College Park, Maryland, as we get ready for the Illini and the Terps. The combined one loss between the two teams. Terps are pretty good, undefeated. Yeah, and you get to hear another game broadcast by your buddy Johnny Holiday. That's right. That's right. Now, here's the win last night that I thought was really impressive. Virginia beating Michigan at Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it came down to the very end. They're they're a really good team, they're and losing team. to them, although I thought we really kind of melted down at the end of the game, uh, losing to them was no disgrace, and that's a game that we could have won had we handled the last three minutes of the game better. And but, you know, losing to them, uh, no embarrassment there. Michigan could say the same thing. They had chances at the end of the they game. They did. And, and they also had the advantage of playing at home, though, too. That's right. And they no, I think Michigan is a good team, as much as I hate to say that. Produced yeah, in my throat. Hey, Ted, go ahead. I just letting you guys finish. Um, today's my birthday. Well, happy oh, birthday, Silver Creek. So thank you, Silver Creek with Diane Ducey supposed to show up. Oh, really? Now, how old are you? Yeah. How old are you? And sixty-six. Oh, you're just a spry young lad. Wasn't supposed to live this long. Had a rough life. Have you? <laughs> well, see, the body is uh, the body uh, can take a lot, but take care of yourself going forward. <laughs> But uh, one other thing, uh, Silver Creek, the best, Allen, the best restaurateur in 100 mm. miles, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jimmy, Jam and Jimmy will know this. I discovered a band a couple weeks ago called Terminus Victor. They're our age, my age. Sixties. Mm. My God, they're good. They remind me of a group called Third Stone back from back in the 70s. Whoa, is this, uh, is, this, is this heavy metal stuff? I'm not familiar with this. And what well, kind of music know, do they play? I would What kind of music do they play? Oh, it's it's kind of heavy rock. Just they're on YouTube. Terminus Victor, local band, and uh, just amazing, just huh. amazing. Is all I can say. Okay. Check them out. But uh, always enjoy listening to y'all. Well, and, thank, uh, you. thank you, thank you, thank you, Ted. Happy birthday. See you, Brian. Uh, a couple of quick ones here. Are there truancy and curfew laws in CU, and why aren't they being enforced? Uh, truancy basically. Uh, <laughs> That's a long story, too. Uh, Truancy used to be enforced in Illinois when Illinois had the minors in need of supervision statutes. Uh, That's when Judge Steigman was in uh, presiding in juvenile court, and they would bring these truants into court, and he would say, you could either go to school at your school, or you can go to school at the detention center. You decide we're going to give you a tour, and you can decide if you want to go to school there or you want to go to school in the regular school. And he had great success. Well, a lot of people objected to the fact that uh, he was treating these wayward youth uh, too harshly, and so they repealed the minors in need of supervision statute. And and when they did, they effectively uh, repealed the truancy laws in Illinois. So uh, truancy really is not enforced. Uh, If you looked at the school report cards, uh, that came out, Champaign-Urbana, uh, combination of truancy or chronic absenteeism was way up in the stratosphere. I mean, you have kids barely showing up, a substantial percentage of them. So uh, truancy basically is no longer an issue. It's not enforced, except perhaps in rare instances. And uh, the other one was curfew laws. I can't imagine that anybody pays more attention to curfew laws uh than they do to uh, other minor things i mean they have better things on their plate of course curfew laws do contribute to a lot of the violence we've been seeing but you know that's that's just the way it is all right uh, i think the fact that my very conservative acquaintances think you're a left newspaper and the liberals think you're a right wing and the academic elite roll their eyes because you cover philo's homecoming means you're a doing a pretty good job as well, a paper. you never satisfy ideological <laughs> critics because they see everything in the most 
hostile possible light. So, you know, we just do the best we can with what we have, and uh, some people like it and some people don't. 1056, Chuck sent us this here, and an email says, uh, little notes here. 1941, Sears on uh, here locally. Sears presents for your enjoyment the Christmas Carol with Ronald Coleman today from 4.30 to 5 over WDWS, 1,400 kilo cycles. 1958, this day, the News Gazette announced the inauguration of one of the nation's most popular columns for teenagers. Column is called Teenage Mail and is written by Mrs. Dorothy Ricker. Column will begin Monday, December 1st in the News Gazette. Okay. A penny memory from Penny for Your Thoughts. The phones were ringing today at WDWS radio station. The topics of discussion were the types of signs being used at the bus stops by the Mass Transit District. One woman called to complain, have you noticed those crazy new bus signs that look like an Indian design? Why don't they just use a plain old-fashioned sign that says bus stop? Okay, That could, be the, name, that could be the name of a play, couldn't it? <laughs> Another caller was concerned about Christmas trees. A woman who wanted to know how to choose an artificial tree said, the only reason I'm buying one is that somebody there won't, someday there won't be any trees. Well, we still somebody, have trees so, left. So, thank somebody you. called what, what, in. What are you reading from there? Well, this is a Chuck sent in an email today in history, kind of, okay. things that were discussed on the radio. And then, okay. Well, I see they're talking about a Christmas carol, which has always been one of yeah. my favorite uh, Christmas showings. I've always resented, I think, the the bad rap that Scrooge gets, you know. I thought he was really pretty sage in his advice, but <laughs> most people don't agree with me. He was tough on his employees, though. Y- yeah, you but know. they didn't deserve it. He should have whipped Bob them. Cratchit. You the know, beatings ever... will continue until the ma- morale improves, you know. <laughs> and another person called into DWS to respond to an article in the Monday papers regarding fines from $1 to $500 for smoking in retail stores. And another caller complained that cab drivers no longer open the doors for their passengers as a courtesy like the good old days. Yeah. So, I don't know. Those are some of the things that people were talking about. Gas station employees no longer clean your windshield either. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't pump your gas? No, they don't do anything. Remember what a strange idea that was, though? i got to get out and pump my gas? Yeah, Why would yeah. I do that? <laughs> you know? Somebody else should do that for me. Yeah. So... <laughs> And somebody says, hey, Brian and Jim, I, we need an electoral college for every state election, especially Illinois. How many counties did Pritzker win? Four or five? This would be the only fair thing to do that way who would be running for the entire state, not just Chicago. So, Not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and consider the voting block on campus. It's as large as Champaign's. It's a liberal voting block that is used aggressively for the very thing it tips elections here nationwide. I suspect... Uh, I'm glad to see the uh, races removed from the column. Also remove Pitts. He should be removed. Uh, Quentin is a great guy. We talked to Quentin earlier with the turkey giveaway. Great guy doing the Lord's work. So, anyway, Well, you know, I would that. just uh, once again urge people, don't don't be trying to get rid of everybody you disagree with. I mean, um, it's a helpful to be exposed to what other people think just so you can find out what they think, even if you disagree. Mm-hmm. What so. is it Bob Steigman says, the um, – with free speech, the the, the answer to the, the answer, answer to a speech problem is more speech. Yeah, absolutely. More, more speech. It's not to try to shut it out. I mean, it's not going to disappear. It's still going to be there, bubbling beneath the surface. Let's just get it out in the open and talk about it. That's what Elon Musk is doing. I mean, is anybody it. persuaded by how many people are persuaded by uh, the professor? I I would suspect that he has his fans, but I sus- I also suspect that most people probably find him to be um, uh, kind of uh, unpersuasive. Because he's so antagonistic. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thank you, sir. 
Well, Good thank job. you. Is it time for the time to go? I got to get to the news. Got to get the yeah. uh, Elvis music going. Yeah, again. CBS music is next. WDW at Champaign Urbana. It's CBS.